Hello, Duck fans! Welcome to a Cinco de Mayo edition of the show. Celebrated in Mexico because of the victory over the French at the 1862 Battle of Puebla, but celebrated here as an opportunity, if not an excuse, to drink margaritas, and in fact, I have one right here. I like to use two ounces of tequila. Silver tequila works best, in my opinion, but because I'm a boy on a budget, I just use triple sec, not that fancy Cointreau stuff. And so an ounce of triple sec and an ounce of lime juice. Go ahead and shake that gently with some ice and then strain it into an old-fashioned glass over ice with uh, a crushed rock salt along the rim. And it's delicious, it's refreshing, and it's how I'm going to enjoy it today. Unfortunately, there are a lot of folks out there unable to enjoy the margaritas of Cinco de Mayo, and in fact, they are our frontline workers. Really appreciate y'all uh, manning the cash registers and keeping the shelves stocked, and especially those of you healthcare workers who are on the front lines and keeping people alive and healthy during this crisis. Thank you very much, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another edition of the show. Really appreciate you. We got a great show. We're going to kick it off with an interview with Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. We're going to be talking Brady Aiello, the right guard and undrafted rookie free agent. And then down the stretch, we're going to have more Luke Braun as we talk uh, Troy Dye, uh, linebacker, selected number 132nd overall by the Vikings. Very exciting stuff. And then tune in tomorrow because we're going to have Patricia Traina from the Locked On Giants to talk about Shane Lemieux. And then we're also going to have Daniel and David from Locked On Chargers to talk about the next elite top-tier quarterback in the NFL, Justin Herbert. Then tune in Thursday and Friday. I'll be joined by James Voss of jamesvoss.net. We'll be reviewing the 2020 football team by position groups and, and Thursday's wide receivers and Friday's tight ends. Let me go ahead and switch it on. You have too much to give to stay silent. That's what he said. That's what he believed. That's what he lived. The American in front... Almost a cult in the United States. He's a sort of athletic beetle. Now wait a minute. It's official. Oregon is going to be in the BCS championship game. Welcome to Locked on Ducks, your daily source for info, updates, and analysis on your Oregon Ducks football and basketball. I'm your host, Jordan Long. You can always find me on Twitter at TheDustOffGuy. Do send in questions and comments using the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags AskLodPod. And do click, subscribe, or follow on whatever podcasting platform you listen to. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, take a second to leave five out of five stars review. If you don't think I deserve five out of five stars, well, leave five stars anyway. And tell me why in a show review and I'll make sure I fix it for you. Really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the additional five-star reviews that came in since yesterday. I guess uh, word got around that once I hit 25 five out of fives, I'm going to go ahead and sing the Oregon Ducks fight song. And I'm not sure if that was a, a premature commitment on my part, but but we shall see. Anyway, those those five-star reviews and especially the, the comments really mean a great deal to me, and I thank you for it. This show is brought to you by Built Bar. Check them out on BuiltBar.com and get $10 off your first box with the promo code Locked On. Now, on to the action. Welcome back. This time we're joined by Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. You can find him on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. How you doing, Luke? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, super excited to be able to do something fun, uh, bunker down during the, uh, as I like to say, if you're locked, locked, uh, locked down, get locked on. So we're <laughs> able to podcast. podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, first, I want to talk about Brady Aiello. Uh, very interesting prospect. And, and I know you took him as an undrafted rookie free agent. And I, I want to get to the, 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 the ways and whys in a second. But uh, as my listeners know, I kind of like to go into a little bit of background first. He played his first couple of years at left tackle, and in his first year, he he started the first 12 games in 2016 with an 80-plus percent pass blocking grade per PFF, but he ended up moving to right tackle and right guard because uh, Panay Sewell started at left tackle, and I guarantee you and I will be talking about him uh, next year. That That's mm-hmm. a promise. So Brady, uh, 6'7", 311 pounds. He actually left high school at 275 pounds, and uh, before we came on, he made a good point about his high school career. He was actually a, a, a walk-on into the Ducks training camp and was a swimmer coming out of high school. And I look at this guy now, right, six seven three eleven, and I'm thinking, swimmer? Like, like, will there be any water left in the pool after he gets <laughs> out of it? But uh, he was fairly slender coming out and apparently was a good type of fit for the offense. Now, my listeners know that, and this is something I've harped on for a while, is that our guys – this particular draft class and these particular UDFAs have played under three different coaches and three different schemes. And so they've had a chance to evolve, become experienced under different things. So he actually started alongside Shane Lemieux, Calvin Throckmorton, and Jake Hansen. And he, he was given offers from uh, Washington State and Nevada, but ended up choosing Oregon. Now, in 2017, he played nine games at left tackle and right tackle and was a top 10 offensive lineman in the Pac-12 when he played, when he could actually get on the field. And in 2018, played 13 games, committed only one penalty in 2018. He started uh, uh, the final three games at right tackle and was the uh, top 10 tackle, the number 10 tackle in the Pac-12 per PFF. And he was a Pac-12 All-Academic Honorable Mention. And my my listeners know I just got a real soft spot for the smart guys. And I know Oregon is like trying to become the, the new Stanford or something with that. And in 2019, played in 13 games, five starts. He played at left tackle, right guard, right tackle. Now, 60% of his snaps were at right guard. So that's where he, he, he wrapped up his career at Oregon. And he actually was invited to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl and – even uh, against Nevada, I love this. You know, I love the the big boy touchdowns, right? He, oh, he yeah, slipped I've on a tight end jersey. Yeah, yeah, you saw it. And uh, and last season was the uh, uh, ninth best guard in the Pac-12. And in fact, uh, Bleacher Reports Matt Miller called him the twelfth best tackle in the twenty twenty draft class. And he didn't get a, invited to the combine, but one of the last pro days was at Oregon, uh, March twelfth, before the sports apocalypse and. Uh, he has nine and five inch hands, about thirty four inch arms, seventy nine inch wingspan. I mean, he's not he's not this lengthy guy, but he did do twenty one bench press reps and a five one seven forty, so decent speed for his size. Uh, 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 just over a five second shuttle. Um, and really, what I want to talk to you about, Luke, is is what kind of fit are the Vikings looking for? Because I. I know we got Ezra Cleveland and, and Blake Brandle, which they played left tackles their whole college career. And Kyle Hinton was a left tackle and a right tackle. And Tyler Higby played tackle, guard, and center. So 
So what are they thinking here with, with uh, Brady? Yeah, so I think when it comes to like their undrafted free agent strategy, a lot of it comes down to, you know, guys we uh, you know, there there's a lot of, you know, flyers on on guys that kind of have all the traits we're looking for, but you know, maybe have some issue that dropped them out of the draft that, you know, now that we don't have to spend anything, we can take a bigger risk. And with their offensive line philosophy, it's they they care a lot about versatility so you know you say you played left tackle and and right guard and right tackle and all these positions they they care a lot about that you have a much better chance of making the team if you can be a backup to three different guys uh and then that's you know one roster spot backing up three different positions and it opens up other roster spots to use elsewhere um it's you know of course to make the team you got to do a lot of special teams but that doesn't really apply too much to the offensive linemen and then the other thing they want is is movement and scheme familiarity especially this season you know you're going to have a better chance. And I, I don't know what scheme uh, y'all run over there in Oregon, but uh, the you'll have a much better chance to make the team if you are familiar with that Shanahan, Kubiak, uh, you know, mm-hmm. bootleg rollout, wide zone type type thing. I think 49ers ran, the Vikings ran it, Packers ran it. Um, and, and if you are familiar with a lot of those, like they run that at Boise State. So they're excited about Ezra Cleveland, who like knows a lot of the same play calls. And mm-hmm. so if, if he has that, that'll really help his chances. But I think just, you know, the versatility, a lot of starting uh, starting experience. And then if you have the movement skills, that's what really that wide zone requires of you is that you got to be, you know, a little lighter on your feet. And if that means you have to sacrifice a little bit of power, the Vikings are okay with that. Uh, but if you can move around and kind of get a reach block, get to your spot faster than the defensive lineman gets to that spot, and then seal them off. That's kind of what they're going to ask of of their offensive linemen. And so, if you can do that, then you have a chance to kind of break in and and make the team. the The O line depth is pretty set before the draft, so it's going to be a difficult group to break into. Um, but as an undrafted rookie, you know, if you show enough promise then you know you're talking practice squad and take another shot at it next year when some of the older guys or more expensive guys maybe have left the the squad so that's where I think uh you know an undrafted rookie tackle slash guard slash kind of o-line guy is going to be able to slot in but it does sound like he's a decent fit for what the Vikings typically look for they do like a, a little more length uh typically but again you know once you're out of the draft they tend to loosen those restrictions All right, thanks a bunch, Luke. You know, coming up next, we're going to continue talking to Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings about Brady Aiello. We were talking about Brady Aiello coming out of high school with a swimmer's build and getting into college as a left tackle, and I'm sure that it had something to do with eating built Bars. Let me tell you about these things. They taste like a candy bar, but they got protein. They're very healthy, low calorie, and, you know, I, I want to share that, that I'm doing my part for the COVID-19 crisis by not going to the gym for, for an indefinite period of time. Yep, just trying to do my part, but... I do keep a box of built Bars in the studio, and I eat them during show prep because uh, during my prep period, I tend to forget to eat. So uh, I keep one here, I eat it during prep, and I don't end up overdoing it after the show because I do tend to overdo it. But with built Bars, I can treat myself without impacting my weight. They got 16 flavors, eight with nuts, eight without nuts, all of them covered in 100% chocolate. They do have two separate facilities for processing them, so there's no cross-contamination. Today I had the orange chocolate cream. It tastes like a creamsicle dipped in chocolate. 
but it has 110 calories, 15 grams of protein, and 4 grams of sugars. And check them out on Twitter at bar underscore built. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and I'm talking with Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. Now, go ahead and uh, check out Locked On Vikings. You'll be able to follow the careers of Brady Aiello and Troy Dye. And in fact, we got this great family of shows for the whole Locked On Network that we can all be a part of. It's very exciting stuff, very good stuff. Now, let's continue with Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. You know, I'm so glad you brought up uh, the the offensive scheme at Oregon. In fact, that's kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. And I, I do want to get your your feedback briefly in, in an answer to this question that I'm about to ask on how Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins relate. Because you know that the the way Justin Herbert plays is this quarterback who's who's a mobile pocket quarterback and able to do those rollouts and make plays and. Oregon was running primarily a zone blocking scheme using oh, the experience and athleticism of their offensive line. And so when I went, and obviously we've, everyone's done a bunch of uh, research on, on Justin Herbert simply because he's a top 10 draft draftable quarterback now uh, going to the LA chargers. So, so given this zone blocking scheme and what we know about uh, Brady's ability to, to protect Justin Herbert, how will that translate well in Minnesota? Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do over there uh, in, in L.A. because I don't think they've been building like a zone-blocking offensive line uh, for for Phil Rivers and for like what they did the previous few years. So it'll be interesting to see how they build that over the next couple of years. But, I mean, yeah, if you can do a zone scheme, and I think the biggest thing for a zone scheme when it comes to pass blocking, in addition to just you got to be a good pass protector, but I, the, one of the biggest things, and you'll hear Kirk Cousins talk about this a lot, is selling the play action. Because for him, and I think he's dead on about this, he says, you know, whether or not you ran play action the play before or ran a run play the play before or whatever, and that, that sequencing is a lot less important than can you actually sell it? Can you make your, you know, your bucket steps and your, mm, mm. Uh, you know, your lateral movement look exactly the same on a run play than on a play action as as on a, a play action pass play Kirk Cousins has always been one of the best in the league at this it's why he's one of the people who if you look at like how they are with and without play action the gap for Cousins is always one of the biggest in the league because he gets the most out of that play action fake so if you know if he's having a good year or, you know if he's having a right. good game or whatever uh, whether or not he's having a good game, play action is going to help him a lot more because he's just good at it and he's good at, at, at helping offensive linemen. And I think they've been good at coaching offensive linemen to sell that play action. They had an unbelievable uh, play action game in 2019. So I think that's the biggest thing for Aiello. If he wants to you know, come in and work on something in camp or work on something while we're all stuck at home here in his backyard, is work on selling those play action blocks. Work on you know firing off into like a, the steps of a run block and then transitioning that into a pass block in a way that you know doesn't give away that it's a play action pass until it's far too late for the linebackers and stuff that's going to be the key to you know finding a, a, a route onto this roster now i want to move on to troy die and uh you know i I'm not going to go into the same kind of background because I'm going to encourage my listeners to head over to Locked on Vikings and uh, check out your reaction to my vignette on Troy Dye. I think it was uh, the, not the last episode, but the episode before that, like Friday or Saturday, right? Uh, yeah, it came out, it came out Sunday. 
Uh, it's about most of the day three guys. I got through rounds four, five, and six there, but they took a lot of dudes. They did. Oh, uh, yes. I would. I would love to spend uh, a bunch of time talking about how you had the most picks in the draft and how you know Rick Spielman Ever. is really knocking it out of the park for Minnesota. But but unfortunately, I, I got to stick to Troy Dye. So please, uh, locked on Ducks listeners, get out there and check out uh, Luke's reaction to. Troy die and listen to the vignette that sounds like it dropped on Sunday go check it out but uh, I got some questions for for you Luke about Troy die um, so as you know with the locked on network we have access to a variety of folks and and I've had a chance to talk to with locked on NFL's Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock about the safety linebacker hybrid mm-hmm. which is a kind of a new way of conducting defenses this has really come to prominence in the last five years and of course we can think of examples of this as an Eagles fan we see it all the time and at first we were really frustrated but we're coming we're seeing that coming to fruition but I think Troy Dye is kind of this in reverse right the linebacker who might be able to play that safety position rather than you know the other the, the box safety so how does that translate into a and, and what I'm calling a Zimmerson or a, a, a Patterson defense mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the way that Zimmer's defense has always worked and, and Patterson uh, kind of came up in this system, at least in the last few years, so I don't think that he's going to rock this boat too much. But the way it works is that the nickel corner, the will linebacker, and the strong safety tend to have uh, really similar responsibilities play to play. And and in his defense, you know, depending on what personnel is on the field and what the alignments are, you know, sometimes a, a cornerback will get a job that usually the nickel back will have or the safety will have or, or you know, a lot of that stuff. So a lot of uh, defenders kind of have to know each other's jobs. And that's actually something like if you talk to Harrison Smith or Anthony Barr, guys who have been there for forever, uh, you know, they'll kind of say like, yeah, we have to know exactly what everybody else is doing. And we have to be able to do a lot of what everybody else is doing. You will see Harrison Smith and Anthony Barr take on the exact same role uh in one play to another you know that like they will do the same thing on a given play where you know one play you'll have Anthony Barr line up on the line of scrimmage and then back off into you know a flat zone and then the next play Harrison Smith is doing the exact same thing so there's a lot of the the lines are a little blurred it's not like Madden where you have your left linebacker and he's always on the left and he does his thing so when it comes to that like linebacker safety hybrid uh that is something that I think Zimmer's already kind of been using. And I don't think he's been calling it that, you know, it's just that there is a role on a lot of plays, which is like the star role where sometimes it's a a middle zone. Sometimes it's a blitz. Sometimes it's, you know, setting the edge. Um, And that star sometimes ends up being the will linebacker, sometimes ends up being the strong safety. Last year, Jaron Curse, uh, the old Clemson DB, who now Mm -hmm. I think he signed with the Lions, uh, kind of fulfilled that role. And really where he shined was as a mismatched tight end kind of answer. You know, you Mm -hmm. have guys, I always say the O.J. Howards, but it's a bad example because he's like not Mm -hmm. panning out that well. But, you know, these like kind of taller, athletic, uh, you know, these George Kittle type tight ends, like difficult to answer, you know, the kind of guy where, Hey, if you put a safety on him, they'll get boxed out and bullied around. But if you put a linebacker on him, he's too fast. He'll run by. And J Ron Kerr, six, four, and he was a safety. He was able to kind of uh, straddle the line and like actually match up with those guys. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Troy die, take on a similar role, 
you know, call him a will linebacker, call Jaron Curse a safety, but practically on the field, they'll be doing a lot of the same things. And there's a lot of, in Zimmer's defense, line up in one space and then either at, during the snap count or right after the snap count, cover a whole bunch of grass and get to a different area, confuse the crap out of the quarterback and, uh, you know, hope you can entice them into making a mistake and then maybe throw a blitz in there if you're feeling spicy. Oh, I'm so excited that you that you're able to find a, a place for for Troy Dye in this, and I think it's a really smart draft pick at this point. You know, Troy Dye's been criticized for being undersized, and at six three and two thirty, uh, I'm I'm kind of curious about that criticism, but uh, that's not what I want to get at. And uh, he was able to perform at the pro day with 16 bench press reps, which, if that had been at the combine, uh, would have been ninth among defensive backs I'm sorry I said he was at the pro day he wasn't it was a uh, uh, one of those self-made videos for uh, because of coronavirus so oh right yeah. so ninth among DBs had he been at the combine and then uh, 21 reps but his frame can be bulked up and I think his prolific tackling and I uh, again go listen to the vignette uh, uh, locked on ducks listeners but uh, I put to bed this criticism of him being able to finish at the point of contact now do you think the Vikings are going to work with him on bulking up and modifying his game or just use the tools that he has to plug him in where he works? And I, and I know you answered a bit of this in the last question, but I kind of want to address this issue of undersized concerns and, and lack of tackling and stuff. I'm sure they'll want to put a little bit of weight on him. Um, as long as there isn't a tackling issue, you know, I think when it comes to Zimmer and uh, well, both Zimmers, cause his son is the linebackers coach, Adam Zimmer. Um, when it comes to those guys, I think they care more about, you know, can you execute the things that are asked of you? And they actually do have a lot of players in positions that are weird. I mean, Anthony Barr is built like a defensive end, but he plays linebacker and he like covers more than he pass rushes, much to the chagrin of Vikings fans who don't understand what his job is. Um, and, and, you know, you have a guy like Hercules Mata'afa who came out of Washington state a few years ago, who was a three technique at like 270. Uh, yeah really really weird but he actually ended up like having a really good preseason and making the team last year I think he's up to he, he posted a video he's up to like 290 now which is a little bit more reasonable mm. but I mean still like a really small three technique but he's quick as all get out and so it doesn't matter if you can't overpower the guard the guard can't ever get his hands on you and I think Zimmer is over the last few years especially has opened himself up to being able to kind of say okay you are an unorthodox size for this position but if you can do the stuff that usually like that sides precludes you from being able to do, then who cares, right? Who, you know, you're, the, the game isn't played on a scale. If you can make a tackle, if you can shed a block, then who cares if you weigh 110 pounds? If you can shed the block, you can shed the block. Um, so if I, I don't know, again, I, I don't, you can probably speak better than I can if he has like a block shedding issue in the run game or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then you might want to put a little bit of extra weight on him um, or, you know, teach him how to shed blocks despite being, you know, at a weight disadvantage when you get locked up by a guard. If you can, if you can figure out, you know, whether it's gain weight or improve technique and then don't gain weight and don't slow yourself down and all that stuff. I think that's kind of the choice that, that the coaches have to sit here and make now, especially since you're probably going to have a weird abridged training camp, virtual training camp or something like that. Um, But, you know, I I think that's the the choice the coaches have to make is what practically, where is this actually going to show up if there is a weight issue? And then how do we just fix that instead of just saying, well, linebackers are typically this weight. So why don't you go be this weight Mm -hmm. when that's not his game? Uh, one more question, Luke, and, and thank you for sticking around with us. Uh, with with his smarts, and I, I've mentioned numerous times to my listeners uh, that he was the team MVP uh, along with Justin Herbert this year. And they he's actually, the captain? 
he was he was a team captain, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 Oregon Ducks athletics program gives out an MVP award to their best athletes, and he and Justin Herbert have won it for the last three years, and they're the only Oregon Ducks football players to ever win that award, uh, other than Marcus Mariota three times, right? And and that's winning it three times. Now, if if we're putting him in that conversation of leaders of the the team. And, and, you know, there's that old cliche of uh, linebackers, a QB of the defense. And so I really think he has this smarts and this capacity. Do you see him graduating to the next level and becoming that same kind of leader in Minnesota? It's going to be tougher because there's a lot of, a lot of heady players on the Vikings. Yes. Um, a lot of the stuff I talked about earlier with Zimmer's scheme and how you kind of have to know everything that everybody's doing because you have to be able to communicate silently. And sometimes you, you know, the safety will have to take over the linebacker's job because of a weird alignment or something. So you kind of have to be capable in all of those different ways. So I think the reason that they go after players with those smarts is so that they can just survive in a, in a system like Zimmer's. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when it comes to like actually becoming the captain and the leader and all that stuff, I think it's all captains and leaders. Uh, <laughs> and you know, it, but Hey, if he ends up starting, you know, if for whatever reason, Anthony Barr ends up not being on the Vikings in two years and now he's a starter or something like that, that could happen. Uh, ben Gideon's been starting uh, from Michigan has been starting on the Vikings for like three years. He was a fourth round pick. So it's certainly not unheard of to, to spend, a fourth rounder and have that guy end up starting for you or at least you know rotating in as that like chief will linebacker um but that'll probably be the competition for him right now there's eric wilson who came from uh, cincinnati who's another one of these like smaller kind of tweener safety linebacker types uh and then ben gedeon comes in in base package and eric wilson is more of the like backup to anthony barr and eric kendricks if one of those guys gets hurt and i would imagine that troy die is going to be competing for that position with eric wilson and ben gedeon kind of be part of that group and and that will be like the camp battle that decides who actually starts where well, if there's anyone with the kind of tenacity and toughness and nastiness you're looking for, it's Troy Dye. You, I talked about that broken thumb. I talked about playing through a torn meniscus and uh, really looking forward to some good stuff from him. Really appreciate you coming on, Luke. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell the gentle listeners where they can find you and uh, what to look forward to. Yeah, so I am uh, at I'm on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Uh, you can find my show anywhere you find Locked On Ducks. It's all the same stuff. Um, and so for th- basically the rest of the summer and until we get football again, I will be going over the uh, the stories of all of the newish players on on the Vikings. This is a series that I did last year where I did every person on the 90-man roster. There are some who have been around long enough, though, where their stories are kind of redundant, so I'm going to focus more on the newcomers uh, and some of the smaller players. And this is every, everybody who's going to come into camp. So this is everybody from, you know, the, the bigger guys for the Jeff Gladneys and Jeff, Justin Jeffersons and Michael Pierce and all the guys that, you know, Vikings fans are more excited about, all the way to guys you may maybe haven't even heard of. Uh, although Ducks fans might know, I mean, there's Braylon Addison, who was around a while ago. He came in from the CFL. He's coming into camp. Tony mm-hmm. Brooks James is coming into camp. Uh, of course, we already talked about uh, Brady Aiello and, and Troy Dye. And there's one other guy. I don't know why I can't remember 
who oh Dylan Mitchell of course who yes, was a draft pick last year. Good old Dylan Mitchell. Yeah, he's he so you know the stories of those guys not necessarily evaluating like what they'll do on the field or talking about like if they're good or if I think they're gonna like be a, a you know worth their contract or not, but we're talking about you know how they came up and and how their journey led them to the NFL and the Minnesota Vikings and you know, whether it led them to getting drafted or not getting drafted. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of uncover a lot of fun little anecdotes about where people are from and and what they're about. So that's basically going to kind of dominate the summer along with, you know, I get kind of philosophical sometimes, uh, you know, talk about some some of the more like abstract content that, that I'll make over the summer uh, since, you know, there's no football to talk about. And, uh, but yeah, it's a daily show, just like this one. If you are, uh, I know there's a couple people out there who are Ducks and Vikings fans who are probably excited about all this crossover. And there are a couple of people who are probably about to, about to convert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Come on over enjoy the pain train. <laughs> As I always uh, like to say, the, the Oregon Ducks are one of the most, most faithful, most loyal fan bases out there in college, and they are definitely going to be tuning in to finding out uh, uh, what there is about the future of Troy Dye and Brady Aiello. Thank you, Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. Really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, sir. Of course. My pleasure, dude. That was our interview with Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. I'm your host, Jordan Long. This is Locked On Ducks. Tune in tomorrow. We're going to continue the NFL draft and UDFA recap. We're actually going to be wrapping it up with our national show uh, counterparts. We're going to be talking to Locked On Chargers about Justin Herbert and Locked On Giants about Shane Lemieux. And then Thursday and Friday, we'll be with James Voss of jamesvoss.net, breaking down the wide receivers and tight ends position groups. You can always find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy. And remember, this is Locked On Ducks, your daily source for info, updates, and analysis on your Oregon Ducks football and basketball. What do you think of Aiello as a fit for the Vikings? Will he make the main squad? What uh, What's the over-under on the number of years Troy Dye starts in the NFL? Also, get those questions in for special guest James Voss about wide receivers and tight ends position groups for later this week. Hit me up on Twitter at hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags AskLodPod. Also, there's a Facebook uh, page dedicated to Locked on Ducks. You can ask questions, leave comments there. And you can always email me, LockedOnDucks at gmail.com. Please click subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And that's the best way to get the newest content the minutes it's available. Instead of waiting for me to drop it on Twitter or something like that, just click subscribe or follow. Do leave five out of five stars and show reviews. We'll go ahead and read those on the air for our listener spotlight segments. And that's going to do it for Locked on Ducks. Now, remember to tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of your favorite team, besides the Ducks, that is. Go ahead and say, hey, she who shall not be named. Play podcast Locked On Blazers or, you know, whatever uh, whatever your other favorite teams are. Have a great day. Stay healthy and safe. Remember, it's, uh, it's tough times out there. Try to be happy when you can. Appreciate you listening. This is one way to do it. Thank you. Love y'all. And go Ducks! Go Ducks!